Hey guys and welcome to yet another episode of the SAF podcast kind of like slipped there a little <laughs> bit. Um yeah and we are in episode number 65. At some point we probably should stop numbering the episodes or probably I should stop numbering the episodes. <laughs> Imagine if we get to the 1000 episode. 1085th episode of SAF podcast. <laughs> But anyway. So how was your day? been pretty good yeah just looking to dive into kalam yeah yeah i don't know why i went into small <laughs> talk there i've been having a good day thank you for asking <laughs> <laughs> i live with you so i know that <laughs> yeah we're flatmates right now so yeah so um in the last episode what what were we talking about yeah so we started our proper dive into natural theology arguments for god's existence we looked at the group of cosmological argument aquinas cosmological argument leibnizian cosmological argument kalam cosmological argument we looked at the nature of the argument we looked at the history where we got the name um, the word kalam stands for uh, speech in arabic so dr craig named it kalam in sort of uh, like an you know tip of the hat yeah, to the islam medieval, medieval mm-hmm. islamic theologians and for the work that they did and so that's where we are so right now we are going to get into the proper premise 1 of the Oof. kalam cosmological okay. argument what is the premise one say okay so premise one says everything that begins to exist has a cause there you go let's go okay yes it is it is a simple, simple argument simple. once you say say it once it actually sticks in your yeah. head yeah so everyone at home say the first two premises and the uh, the conclusion so everything that begins to exist has a cause the universe began to exist hence the universe had a cause i'm yeah. really excited right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> uh so yeah you guys if you just say it once it'll stick in your head right so what wh- what are we going to do with these premises so we're going to start with premise 1 and we're yeah. going to try and unpack it right um so the first thing that we need to unpack would be the word cause Mm. right we use it colloquially with the word because and you know cuz mm. type in text yeah, i right. can't come cuz i'm lazy and all that right. stuff so But it's we, not that cause because that is yeah uh, that is that is that is because, because. Yeah. but then again the the underlying principle is same right i can't come because so my current state is brought upon by something else right i can't come because i'm unwell right. so the effect that i cannot come is brought upon by the cause that i'm unwell So you see okay. the principle that we use because even in colloquial english also mm. the same thing that is applicable when you term, use the word cause right so when we define the word cause um aristotle presented four explanations four definitions for cause four types of cause if i may now only two of this is relevant to what we're going to talk about and this is material cause and efficient cause okay so let me use the example of this table right here so this table was made by a carpenter and it was made out of whatever sort of wood it was made out of so you have wood and the carpenter the wood is the material cause out of which this is constructed right and the carpenter would be the efficient cause mm. so the person who brought this right. table into existence the table was brought into existence out of wood material right. through so the carpenters through work. the carpenters work and he is the efficient cause to it right so the way this connects oh, to the kalam is that so the way this connects to the kalam is that when we say that everything that began to exist has a cause we granting the fact that everything that began to exist at least had a material cause or right. an efficient cause either one of this has to be there so that is what the premise one says and that is what connects the premise one to 
the definition of the cause so when we say that everything that began to exist um has a cause it just simply means that it will have at least an if a material cause like even if there is no efficient agency to make something happen it will at the least have some sort of material cause now if you look talking about abstract stuff then it will have at least an efficient cause okay, abstract things are intangible stuff numbers are intangible they're abstract right. right so they don't have a material existence but then do they have an efficient cause working behind them of sort so if you look at abstract stuff or if you are looking at uh, material elements and stuff you will have to grant that at least you need to have maybe a material cause even mm. if you remove an agent out of the picture or there will be an agent involved so that is basically how we are going to look at when we ask Wait, the question uh, let's just back yeah, up back for up a second yeah. Yeah. because we're getting a little bit too into the the jargon the yeah, terminologies yeah. and stuff so we want to make sure what exactly you mean by agent Huh. So what do you mean what is an agent? An agent could be like in this carpenter's example. Yeah. The carpenter is the agent. Mm. As in someone with the will power to bring about something. Okay. Okay. A being with uh, Now you you can I think you can even like put in um an animal as an agent. Right. Right? Because the carpenter is not the wood. Okay. It the table is made out of the wood. Right. Which is why the the wood is the material cause. Mhm. but who is constructing the table out of the wood right a carpenter the carpenter if you take um i think there are i forgot the name of these types of birds that weave their own nest mm. this most intricate design right okay? they're using hay pieces of hay to weave it mm. so the piece of hay is the material cause now what is the efficient cause that bird mm. so we are not saying that a bird has a mind or an you know a rational mind like a human being but it is in a sense an agent that is bringing about the effect which is the final mm. nest right so the reason why this distinction is important is that at some point people will say well maybe there was some sort of primordial stuff out of which the universe came mm. so you're talking about a material cause Pi- primordial soup primordial means something that is before the beginning primordial that's what primordial okay and when we say god they will be like oh you can't have god so then they're talking about in the sense of an efficient cause an agent involved mm. which way we are bringing this distinction to sort of later down later down we want to point out and ask okay what are you actually saying you're saying that the universe has pre-existing matter mm. out of which the universe just came like no one did anything there is right. no one no agent no efficient right. cause there it's But like saying that the wood made the table yeah so when you say it just wood. it just happened on right. itself you're asking so you're saying there's a material cause right now if they say there is some other you know some sort of higher species of aliens involved then we say okay you're saying there's an efficient cause So that distinction helps us in narrowing it down. Yeah, plus also it doesn't help to say that aliens created the universe. Yeah, so there is there is a whole Because again you're still proving that someone did make there was an agent behind the universe, right? Yeah. So again they will be trying to avoid god out of it. Yeah. Or what could be the characteristics of the cause of the universe. Right. But this definition comes into play when we are trying to narrow down the terminologies of cause and others. The, now, when you normally go with the kalam, when for example when a when a A, a primed philosopher stands would defend the kalam they won't go down defining material and efficient specifically mm. because once the moment you say cause the audience gets it the audience in there would be philosophically uh, inclined towards it so they get the idea mm. and the dialogue can go very complex the reason i'm taking it down and breaking it down to material and efficient is to narrow it down things when we use terms like nothing mm. so there right. it gets confusing yeah when you say nothing and it gets complex so mm. that is why i'm initially breaking it down into material and efficient point mm. towards matter and then agent working on matter right to sort of clear out what we're going to get into later right so 
Yeah. yeah, I've even heard these uh, atheist philosophers say that nothing is not really nothing. It's actually something in reality. And that itself is just so confusing. Right? How is nothing something? What do you mean by that? That's so crazy, right? Um, yeah, anyway, so um, what does denying this pre uh, premise one look like? Oh, uh, it is, again, everything that has began to exist has a cause. So what does denying that look like? So let's look at the table again. So when I say that this table began to exist, has a cause. Mm -hmm. The table had began to exist and therefore it has a cause. You're saying it at least has a wood where this table is made out of. Mm -hmm. um, or at the, very f at the very minimum, there's an agent working to bring about this table into existence. When you say that you're denying premise one, that everything that began to exist has a cause, what you're saying is that things can come into being with no cause whatsoever. Okay. Right? So there was never... So this table just came out to be. No one worked on this table to bring it about. Right. And there was no pre-existing wood out of which this table was made. This just this, this table appeared as this. Um. So it wasn't that there was some wood lying around and with no agent working behind it, it just, just simply yeah. came about as of itself. Right. Like nothing, not even nature working, not even laws of mm. the laws of nature working just came about. Yeah, with the combined powers of nature and gravity it just like floated together. Not even that. Yeah, not even that. So you you're moving any form of efficient agent cause. in there. Efficient yeah. cost in there. Mm. No agency. Yeah. So 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 to say that, you know, to deny premise one is basically saying that this this table just literally popped into existence. Mm. Just it just came. Right. No material cost, no efficient cost, no sort of cost whatsoever. Right. Yeah, oh my. Now it actually really makes sense why you define cause. Because before that, if you would think about denying that everything that began to have, uh, that began to exist had a cause, it would leave some room for speculation. But because you've defined what material cause and efficient cause is, then that means if you were to deny that anything that began to exist had zero cause at all. Material and that, both. Yeah, both. So the material is the wood didn't exist and efficient it had no one to build the table, uh, table itself. Yeah. None of those exist. So that means it definitely just popped into existence. So essentially what that means is if you're denying premise one, then Essentially, you have to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just you just have to say that things can just out of nowhere. That that yeah. is what out of nowhere is. That is why I right. had to specify it material and stuff. Yeah, this table is made out of wood. Yeah. So when you say that this can come out of nowhere, you're saying that it doesn't even have a material cause. Right. Which is why specifying the distinction between material and efficient becomes easier as a lay person trying to grab with it. Mm. Because when I learned initially cause and then I came across material and efficient. I was confused. Wait, so does that mean we could have a material cause and mm. still say no cause? But when I went back and took this definition back to my studies and restudied it, then it made much more sense. So right. now the no cause means no, no cause. cause. And I've seen people respond to the kalam and miss out on this distinction on when you say no cause, you mean no cause. You mean right. no material, no efficient cause whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Wow, so that just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now let me get to get to a very interesting part, right? Um, what does the word nothing mean? Okay. What would be a simple way to present it? Okay, I would say nothing means no thing, right? So it is the absence of anything, of something. Yeah. Okay, now we're saying a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but essentially it means that in a certain space, mm. if you say that there is nothing, mm. it, it, okay, so 
to be honest mm. if you say there's nothing in this um in this tumbler tumbler yeah i forgot what it's called uh, <laughs> there's nothing in this tumbler then that means uh, it lacks a particular substance though there's no water in it yeah but do you know that there are air particles yep and dust maybe mm. in it mm. um despite even if you've washed it it's going to yeah. have dust yeah um but yeah it's like so you do have something but relative to what it's supposed to have it has nothing so we have kind of like that relative nothing mm. but in an absolute sense right if you're just looking at it in a whole nothing in its very core definition means the absence of something yeah. maybe in the universe mm. absence of anything at all yeah you're spot on now I'll, let me give you a, a simpler way to put this across okay what do rocks think of ah right nothing yeah that's just <laughs> basically it yeah so like you said this so this nuance in of relative nothingness like when we mean by the term relatively to nothing as in well there is air particles so air particles something as such you it's good that you touched upon that point because that touches into something else later so there mm. is that distinction that we have when we use the term nothing there is that sense of free way in we use the term nothing um in our normal usage like is there something in the bottle no there's nothing but you don't open up and say haha there is air in it no, <laughs> no one does that but when you talk about something like where did reality come from what is mm. the source of space time and matter you can't have that free way with the word nothing as you would have with something in a tumbler mm. and uh, the interesting thing is that this distinction was m- completely missed by lawrence cross when he wrote the book um, a universe from nothing and he used the word nothing but redefined it to mean something and was okay. trying to push it to the the layer reader as oh the universe from nothing but his nothing was actually something right it what had, was it what it was had, that something essentially it had properties okay so if, if i go into when going to get a scientific in the definition okay, okay. he was looking at something if, if something has properties okay okay then that is not nothing it's, it's not nothing anymore it, yeah it, yeah this something because it but nothing properties. has the property of having nothing no because what is what is there to have a property okay uh like uh like nothing in itself when we're defining it that is mm. a property of what nothing is yeah but what is the thing you're defining about is there a thing to define in the first place yeah n- not really yeah it's an absence like it's an absence of thing yeah so there isn't even a thing to define as you know to ascribe any property in the first place okay so the thing is now as you are listening you're trying to grapple with it people like alex o'connor a skeptic mm. that i really admire cosmic skeptic when he interviewed dr craig he also missed out on this key distinction and dr craig immediately responded to it and called him out on on that misunderstanding understanding that he had with the word nothing right um so a way to, if you are in a conversation with the person and you want to highlight the fact that nothing actually means this absence of anything look at this uh, here's an example nothing stopped hitler's advance into poland right okay and the person hearing it says wow phew poland is safe and you're like what do you mean by poland is safe well <laughs> nothing stopped nothing stopped hitler's advance into poland <laughs> and you're like what do you mean by so he'll be like well nothing stopped it like right. what does it actually mean oh my gosh and that would be even more confusing now because there's an actual company called nothing right so <laughs> that, that is a, <laughs> so if you actually say nothing stopped like maybe the iphone or the airpods or something yeah they have their nothing earbuds or something like that so, oh my gosh it'll be so confusing for those who don't know what it is <laughs> nothing is essentially this chinese um uh chinese 
manufacturer just like apple they're making like earbuds and stuff like that so now saying nothing has meaning it is something it is so it is a company so nothing yeah something at that time nothing was the company stopped <laughs> hitler so, from advancing into poland yeah um but anyway yeah digression <laughs> that is unnecessary that's what came into my mind when you said nothing stopped because yeah nothing that company stopped him so in that quick example like we what we immediately point out is that the absurdity of trying to make sense of nothing to do something mm. like when we say nothing stopped it like just like you said there is no thing that stopped hitler right so it's a it sounds mundane to me itself and i am like explaining this like it's so obvious But the thing is, this is something that is missed out by some of the best thinkers out there. Like someone like Alex O'Connor, who is discussing diving into atheism. He's studying. He's, he completed his theology degree from Oxford. Brilliant guy. Debating Frank Turek. Interviewing mm. Dr. Craig. Uh, debating recently Trent Horn. It is something that gets missed out of by some of the best brains out there. The distinction of what we exactly mean by nothing. So when you say that the universe came out of nothing... you're saying that there was absolutely no cause there was no thing whatsoever material efficient there was no thing whatsoever that brought the universe into existence this right. is why we use that term terminology like it popped into existence like it's like magic it just right. came out of nowhere no thing working behind it nothing of that sort and once you understand what the word nothing means the fact like you said you know, there is no property to it then we get into the defense of premise 1 it becomes very clear that it is really 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 hard um to sensibly say that premise once is false mm. that is very hard to sensibly say that uh things can come into existence just out of nothing right so when we say the everything okay. that begins to exist has a cause we're saying that things cannot come into exist uncaused out of nothing right. there must be some form of a cause whatsoever mm. and this gets very nuanced when we talk about the universe itself the universe having a a beginning in in past eternity uh, in our recent past not going eternal but right. couple of billion years ago and so on and so forth so um that is just sort of an overview of the term mm-hmm. nothing and i hope we were able to break it down and get it to a sensible point so nothing is what rocks think of basically that and we talked about cause right a table has a material cause which is the wood and then the carpenter who is the efficient cause so when you say everything that began to exist has a cause you're saying that it at least has a material or an efficient cause and denying that means that there are things that begin to exist that come into existence uncaused whatsoever no material cause no efficient cause absolutely purely out of nothing right. now if you say something like a vacuum a vacuum is a physical thing it has properties this tumbler has vacuum air that is keeping the air aside which way you're able to distinguish a vacuum from air you're able to understand the properties of the vacuum So this vacuum isn't nothing in the sense we understand core nothing. Mm. It is nothing in the sense maybe like there is no water in there or there is there's no air, air particles. There's no air particles. But it it has properties of its own mm. which is why it isn't nothing. So it's a very nuanced still occupies space. Still occupies space. Um so like I said it th- these are all properties of vacuum. vacuum. Which mm. makes it which makes it really hard to say that a vacuum is nothing. Uh, but then we will dive into the rest of it in the coming episodes yeah we'll look at some of the objections raised what are the uh, three reasons to say premise one is true mm-hmm. um and i hope this was able to sort of get you taste into how we're going to go into it um so i hope you will stick with us for the rest of the episodes yeah i mean i, I, haven't, scared I you off. We haven't scared you off thankfully yeah no i think i think it's been extremely scintillating uh extremely scintillating um uh, illuminating for all of us like to it's uh, i've learned a lot 
um yeah well um thank you so much uh jacob and thank you so much you guys for sticking with us for this episode of uh, the saf podcast and uh, stick around with us uh, when we explain all of this and um please follow our socials at saf apologetics on every platform except for tiktok because tiktok's banned here so <laughs> <laughs> um uh, instagram twitter facebook um youtube yeah youtube i'm sorry yeah youtube <laughs> uh and yeah check out check out our, po- our podcast on any popular um streaming audio actually on any any platform on any platform, platform. we're actually there on 19 platforms oh nice okay cool i know that <laughs> all right thank you so much you guys for watching and we'll see you next time thank you for listening to this episode if you enjoy saft podcast Do consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And know more about us at www.saftapologetics.com.